Warning, this show may contain adult language that is not suitable for all audiences. This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. This is the interview edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter. We have UFC 273 this Saturday in Jacksonville, Florida. Awesome card, absolutely stacked. And we've got a pretty stacked show for you this week on our end. A lot of interviews that I'm very excited for you to listen to. We're going to start off with the featherweight champion of the world. He's in the main event against the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. He is Alexander Volkanovsky, and he was kind enough to join the show last week. Excited to speak with him, as well as the bantamweight champion of the world, Aljamain Sterling. Piotr Jan, the interim bantam cha- uh, bantamweight champion right now, looking to get back the bantamweight championship, but he's going to have to go through a very, very difficult opponent in Aljamain Sterling in order to do so. Aljo joined us as well. Happy to speak with him. As I was, the two fighters of the bout that seems to be getting the most attention from the MMA community this week, which is Gilbert Burns and Hamza Shemaev. Both of them joined me as well on the TSN MMA show. Was very excited to speak with them. You can see these interviews in video format if you're interested at tsn.ca slash UFC, as well as any other interviews that I do. They all show up there. But you're here for the audio edition. I appreciate that. And I would also appreciate if you rate, review the show. Wherever you get these podcasts, five stars, write something nice about it. It goes a long way, and we appreciate that. Let's start off with the featherweight champion of the world, Alexander Volkanovsky. They call him Alexander the Great, but I don't think anybody would argue if you called him Alexander the Greatest at this point in time. In fact, Alex, you've been talking about the haters and not wanting to please them. I think to take an extra shot at them, maybe you should just change it to Alexander the Greatest from here on out. (laughs) That'd be good. That'd be very good. Yeah, man, that's it. You know, I'm going to stop paying attention. Obviously... Everyone should, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, you've got to obviously look at the positives. Everyone's always saying that, but sometimes it can be hard, especially with the world we live in right now. But, um, yeah, man, uh, that, that's definitely something that's changed for me, and it's been uh, pretty incredible. I've noticed you talked about this in many of your recent interviews, but what were they saying that you were starting to believe, perhaps? Oh, it's not that they believe, but, I mean, it's just a, it's, it's hard to explain. Like, it's – I just like a lot of the negative comments, uh, you know, you, you, you let it – uh, you know, what's the word, good word for it? Like, it carry weight. Like, you literally start thinking that certain things that people are saying, um, you know, everyone's thinking it and all that type of stuff. Uh, from There's a, a, a lot of things, you know what I mean? There's a, a, a lot of things. You know? Even, uh, obviously, when you, you see people talking about even the decisions and, and things like that, but at the same time, anyone that knows the sport knows that fighting, uh, you know, Max Holloway and uh, Ortega, you know, these aren't guys that you're, you know, they're not known to just be knocked clean out, you know what I mean? So, you know, why am I letting these people uh, say, say, you know what I mean? It's, it's, again, this is just the small details. And as I, I said in other interviews, going right down to your everyday life, everyday messages uh, to friends and all that, you know, and wanting to please everyone and all that type of stuff, you know what I mean? I felt like uh, it's really hard to explain because unless I, I dive right into it, which I, I'm not willing to do right now, <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it's pretty hard to explain, but I mean, it's just, it just, you know, it would, it would, it would make uh, some decisions, uh, you know, make me make decisions for the wrong reasons, make me uh, shelter, you know, who I am, make me uh, sort of not really be able to be comfortable uh, in my character and all that type of stuff because I was worried I was going to offend people or, you know, what do people want to hear and all that, you know, you get what I mean? I cared what, um, not only what people want to hear, what the what these haters want to hear, you know what I mean? I felt like it's really hard to explain. But, I mean, right now, I'm not caring. You know, me just, you know, talking to you and saying whatever the fuck I want. Excuse my language. Sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> and here I go swearing. Uh, but saying whatever I want, you know what I mean, and being comfortable. The freedom I have that, man, it, it is so much e- uh, easier and comfortable. And, um, yeah, again, that freedom, man. It just means so much more. And I can show my character a lot more. Uh, which is good. So this just this helps inside the cage, outside the cage. You know what I mean? Away from the whole uh, fighting thing, and then you know even everyday life. Again, I've always been a people pleaser and, and worried too much uh, what, what what people are thinking. You know, uh, again because I wanted to please uh, people, even though you know, again some of these decisions that are uh, you know. Here I am thinking that someone's going to think one thing. Like, like, why do I think they're going to think that? You know what I mean? It's, again, I don't want to dive into it. I'm uh, already going around in circles with it. Um, 
sorry, madam, a bit jet lagged as well. We just got off the plane early this morning, so I'm a bit rattled at the moment. But um, but yeah, man. Look, uh, all I can really say is I've just uh, definitely changed the way I, uh, I looked at things. You know what I mean? And uh, not paying too much attention to uh, shit like that, and it's made a massive difference. As I said, the freedom I have right now is uh, incredible. Absolutely. I think a lot of it has to do with the energy. You know, people try to take your positive energy if they have too much negative energy in their life. And I think that if, if, they, if you show that it gets to you, that's what the problem is. So to avoid it altogether, I think, is probably the bigger move. Yeah, man, exactly right. Because, again, uh, you know, I used to worry, well, what if I offend this person, you know, and what if they take this the wrong way and all that type of stuff. It's like at the end of the day, I'm not really the type of guy that's going to do that. You know, I'm never going to say – I'm never going to be that guy that, that that's far off. You know, I can be myself and be pretty comfortable that I'm not going to, you know, turn the world against me. You know what I mean? So uh, I can chill out there, you know what I mean, where I just felt like I was, uh, you know, and, you know, well, what do people want to hear? And then at the same time, you know, not not just being able to be myself. You know, that was the main thing. Yeah, like I want I want to go there and have a chat and just say, say whatever I want, be comfortable. And if people like it, good. If people don't, who cares? You know what I mean? And that's it. So that, that that's where I'm at right now. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm happy that I'm uh, comfortable and I have that freedom. Uh, people, uh, whatever they whatever they, however they want to take it, that's on them, not on me. That's the main thing. Well, I mentioned the Alexander the Greatest thing off the top, and I'm sure that that is your long term goal great. is to be considered that's the, the greatest of all time. But I also have noticed that you're starting to put forth kind of smaller goals as you go ahead. I know that getting a finish in this fight is a major priority for you, and you've been talking about that as well. Yeah, man, it is. Uh, it is, man, because obviously this, uh, again, it's, 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 it's hard because I was talking about, you know, you know, not, not letting uh, the negative comments make me do that. But again, the reason why I want finish is not because of the haters. You know what I mean? It's because, you know, what, what, does, a, what does a finish bring you? Now, obviously, you, get the, you talk about bonuses. You talk about highlight reels. You know what I mean? It's, there's a lot of benefits that come with that. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I want that for the right reasons. That's the main thing. You know what I mean? Not to please people that are going to hate me anyway. Uh, so uh, that's something that, that that's changed. But, I mean, you know, I'm really growing into this whole entertainment uh, side of things. And I'm so confident in my abilities right now. Um, and I'm so so confident that the openings I see, I'm going to capitalize. Where before, I'm, you know, I always felt like I had a safe net and, you know, I might have uh, hesitated a little bit because I didn't want to take that, these risks because of this, this, that. But, I mean, the, where I'm at right now, because I'm so comfortable in, in uh, again, my abilities and what I'm seeing right now and everything like that, you know, I'll be very, very disappointed if I don't get that finish because I'm uh, definitely uh, at the peak of uh, my career right now. You know what I mean? And uh, that's what I expect. You know what I mean? I won't kill myself if I don't, but I'll be pretty disappointed if I don't get the finish because, uh, you know, I think where I'm at, I definitely, uh, definitely uh, can see myself getting that. Yeah, I've noticed you speak very confidently about yourself heading into this fight, more so than I've seen mm -hmm. in the past. Right now, do you mm -hmm. feel like you're peaking? This is your prime? Yeah, man, 100%. Uh, like uh, knowledge, I've always, everyone knows I train hard, right? I'm always going to bust my, I'm always going to be fit enough. Um, you know, I still, you know, I've always had that fight IQ and all that type of stuff. But the, the knowledge I have now, the like I said, the, uh, the, the, the clarity I have in there, I've always been pretty clear. You know, I'm known to be a pretty composed fighter, but I mean, you know what I'm seeing now, compared to even just last fight or the fight in the fight before, it's just incredible. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a blowout. The what I'm taking in, you know, uh, the information I take in and the confidence in the, the knowledge that you know that that the information I'm getting from certain techniques, the confidence I have in believing in that information, right? Where I'll usually second guess it, and then wouldn't really be confident enough in using it or, or uh, thinking uh, it was. Could it work? You know what I mean? That, that second guessing can hold you back. Where right now, again, you know, there's nowhere near as much second guessing. You know what I mean? Uh, um, I'm confident in, in what I'm seeing in the knowledge that uh, that that's the information that, that I'm taking in from what I'm seeing and techniques that my coaches are giving me and all that type of stuff. So, um, and that makes a big difference. Like I said, uh, this confidence and this uh, uh, new positive attitude that I'm taking, not only outside of the octagon, but in the octagon, in the gym, has definitely made it the freedom, right? The freedom that I'm talking about, it it works everywhere, and uh, I can I can uh, I can see it. Like, like I said, I've never probably looked so good in the in the gym before. So um, I'm expecting to go out there and uh, really put it on whoever's in front of me. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, so obviously it's zombie this weekend, and 
you know, I think it's going to be a rough night for him. You know, I mean, no matter who was in front of him, it would be a rough night for him. But it is zombie, so it's going to be a rough night for zombie. Would it be enough for you to retire being considered the greatest featherweight of all time? Or do you have your eyes set on something even bigger? Would you consider moving up to 155? I know you mentioned you'd fight Conor McGregor really at any weight class, but what do you have your eyes on in terms of your long-term outlook for your career? If you were to walk away as the greatest of all time, what do you feel like you'd have to accomplish in order to get there? Oh, man, like, uh, I, yeah, obviously that's great. I do I do believe in the, the, the legacy. You know, legacy was something that I never really talked too much about didn't really uh, have – like, that wasn't my motivation, never was my motivation. Um, but then you, my motivation has always been my family, right? I want to be successful with my family. But when you talk about being the, the greatest of all time and your legacy and all that type of stuff, you know, that's that's how you're successful. You know, that's how you look after your family, not only while you're in the in the octagon, even when you finish your sport, you know what I mean? Like, I can live off, off that legacy for the rest of my life. My family can live, live off that legacy. You know what I mean? So there's – um, so that's why it motivates me, you know, as well. Like, obviously, I want I want my name in the history books and all that type of stuff, not only because, you know, want to leave their legacy. You want the, your, your name in the history books, you know. You want people to be talking about you forever and all that type of stuff. But not just that, you know, my, my family can leverage off that as well. So that's just an, uh, uh, all of it's just an absolute bonus. So that's why it adds – that's why there's so much weight behind a legacy now where before I didn't really – uh, care too much about. So, what do you feel gets you to that right point? now? Being the greatest of all time sounds good. Sounds really good. <laughs> do I think that I'm that far away? Look, man, I want to be very active, so I don't think I'm that far away from it. I think there's still plenty of work to do, but I'm expecting to do plenty of work in a short amount of time. So, um, I don't think it's that far away. When you talk about plenty of work, it looks like Max Holloway's next. But you look at this division. One of the big problems of the featherweight division has been that a lot of these contenders are knocking each other off as they try to get to the top of the ladder. It seems like every single guy. Gets gets a win. People that have faced you in the past, and it's been hard to break into that top echelon. I feel like Arnold Allen is is there. Like he, I think he and Max Holloway are really the only two right now that you could say these are the guys that are worthy of a title shot. Am I leaving anybody out in your opinion? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a, definitely a few. Obviously, there's a few that there's a few guys that are just they're close. They're one fight away from a you know what I mean a a, a title shot. Um, but you're right. There's there's guys that are cancelling each other out, or you know, taking a title shot away from somebody, or or they're not fighting. You know what I mean? Uh, there's there's a few names that were that that are just there. Like I can name a few. Like obviously, you got your Calvin Caters, your you know your Josh Emmett's, your Arnold Allens, obviously your Max Holloways, your um, who have I said? Your Rodriguez. I don't know if I said your Rodriguez a bit even. Like you know, obviously these guys just need to be active. Uh, you know, one big win, everyone's screaming their name. You know, there's a lot of guys that are there that are they're so close that they just need that 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 right fight. You know what I mean? Like when I was in that their, their position, after I took that Chad Mendes, I was screaming at, give me the guy that's going to get me that number one spot. That's all I wanted. That's why I wanted Aldo. I don't care. Give it. Give me Aldo in Brazil. I want that fight in Brazil. I don't care. Um, I just, you know, I I'll travel there. Because uh, Max and uh, Frankie end up, after that fight, Max and Frankie end up fighting for the title fight. I didn't want anyone to jump the queue and uh, and go there as a replacement. And then because they were there as a replacement, they might take my number one spot. You know, they might be next in line. So I went, no, nah, I'm going to go over there. Shit camp. Camp was terrible. Uh, the, the travel was like over 40 hours, one of the worst travels I've ever done. My back was killing me. The, you know, the wake up, everything, you name it. It was terrible. I made weight. And, uh, you know, I purely did that like I did what I had to do purely so no one could take that number one spot from me. This is the shit I was doing um, when, I was, uh, when I was a contender. And I'm not seeing that from these contenders, you know, which is disappointing because, you know what I mean? I want someone to take that number one spot. The only one doing it was, was Max, and that's why he was going to get that trilogy. If there was other guys, Max probably won't get that trilogy. But he's the only one – he was the only one working his ass. And he was the only one – taking these top guys to to make sure he's the next the next guy you know what i mean so that's why he's gonna that's why he'll get it you know what i mean and and i'm an easy champion to understand earn that number one spot be the one that everyone's be the guy that everyone's screaming you know your name everyone wants you next he's the guy and you're gonna get it i don't care who you are what how bad of a matchup people think they are for me whatever man like you're the guy. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Because that—that's all that matters to me. I'm a, again. I'm an easy champ to understand. Um, and uh, 
yeah, man, they're just that's why I believe I'm going to be a champion for a long time because uh, no one really has that mentality that I have. You know, but uh, my skills are getting better and better. Uh, my knowledge, as I talk to you, like where I'm at right now, and then look at that mentality I have. You know, you always see me bust my ass. You know what I mean? I, I'm planning on. Look, man, this isn't cockiness. This is I'm confident that I can I can take out zombie. You know what I mean, right? So, but I am prepared for a five round war. I busted my ass just as hard as I would have for for Max Ortega, uh, Aldo, uh, Chad Mendes, all of them. You know the preparation. I did everything I could to be in the best physical shape I can be. You know what I mean? Like I want to be better than I was last time I stepped in that octagon. I don't care who's in front of me. I don't care if it's a if people think it's a less uh, smaller challenge or a bigger challenge. I'm going to make sure I am a better version of myself going into that fight. And uh, you know, I just don't know if uh, if the contenders are doing that. So while uh, while they're trying to climb this mountain, they're fucking not climbing fast <laughs> enough, or they're not trying to climb, for one thing. But I mean, why they're doing this climbing? This mountain's getting further. You know, it's getting higher and higher because I'm I'm. I'm raising the bar every time. Every time I get in that gym, I'm I want a better version of myself. Every every month, you are seeing improvements. And uh, if guys are going to half-ass it and hope shit's going to be given to them, you are never going to catch me. Well, I agree with that. And if you don't agree with that, you're just a hater, anyways. And Volkanovski's not listening to you. So we, we're going to watch this main event. Fuck you. <laughs> UFC 273 yourself against the Korean Zombie. A fantastic main event. Looking forward to it. Always love watching you fight. And uh, look forward to speaking with you again, sir. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. Have a good one. I'm now joined by the Funk Master himself, the bantamweight champion of the world on a six-fight win streak, Aljamain Sterling, going into Jacksonville, UFC 273 for the rematch, 13 months in the making against Piotr Jan. I watched back the first fight today, and I also watched a couple interviews with you. You basically said that on the day of the fight last time, you threw the playbook out the window. So tell me about leading up to the fight. Before you enter the octagon, what's going through your mind and what made you decide to do that? Well, I just didn't have the proper nutrition that day. And um, that really, really threw a monkey wrench into everything. And I kind of just panicked, audible. Um, I didn't tell anybody how I was feeling. And that's on me because um, maybe we could have came up with a better game plan than trying to gas pedal this guy for 15 minutes and then try to stall the last 10. And it, when, I, when in hindsight... It wasn't a bad game plan if I actually had the gas tank to do it, which I did, but just I didn't have the fuel to keep the keep the car running, you know. So it is what it is, a rookie mistake, and I'm just never going to make that mistake again. I think COVID just really messed everything up, and, and my thought process on how I normally do things was just really thrown out of whack. And, and that's, the, that's the best way I can explain to people. It felt like I was still cutting weight, and at the end of the day, we all know when you're feel like you're cutting weight usually those training sessions are terrible they're not very good so imagine trying to fight like that against a very very high level competitor so when you say that covid had an effect on it do you mean the after effects of having covid no covid as in the protocols for everything not being able to leave and go eat not being able to do all these other things that's the standard of how everyone handles their rehydration process you know i i just ate the the breakfast portion that the ufc pi gave me and then me being a bonehead didn't realize that from 10.30 after doing a morning shakeout 20 minutes hard that I should have probably eaten a lot more than that being that I'm fighting at 8.30 at night. And they did give me a lunch portion and dinner portion and I didn't eat it at all. I just left it in the fridge because I was like I, – I, I told myself that I ate too much. And then I didn't realize it, – it, it, it sounds ridiculous. when Every time I say it out loud, I say this all the time. But – the fact, the facts are the facts. That's really what it is. I had no fuel in the engine, and uh, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna see that again. You know, to fuel the Ferrari, you, you got to make sure you're putting in the best fuel. And uh, I, I didn't have that. I had some regular, regular ass gas shit that I put in there, and it wasn't enough to sustain for a 25 minute fight. But again, that mistake's not gonna happen again. I do agree with you on one thing. That is a decent game plan given the circumstances against a guy like Piotrion. You look at how he fights. He's great at making adjustments. But he's also a guy who processes things. And if you're kind of overwhelming the processor, you were throwing the, so many different looks at him all the time, th that can throw him and make it a little bit longer of a duration for him to pick up on what you're doing. So that's kind of what you were trying to do, right? Is do that for three rounds, and then rounds four and five, just kind of make sure that you're able to stay in the fight and get the decision. Yeah, 100%. I mean, again, it was a, it's something I've been able to do all training camp, and then 
literally the day of the fight can ruin eight, 10, 12 weeks of training. And that's pretty much what happened. So um, it, it should get people excited. If I'm saying this, when the fight night comes, if I'm telling you I've done that all training camp before and I'm telling you I've been doing that again, be excited for the show that's going to come out on April 9th because this guy is not going to know what the fuck is hitting him. He's not even, he's not going to be able to find me in there. So um, I'm, I'm excited about this because this is going to be a night and day performance and people are going to go, oh, yeah, I can't believe I forgot that this guy used to do this to everybody. It's, it's, it, it is what it is. It's either I'm going to be shamelessly wrong <laughs> or he's going to be um, – brutally wrong you know so one of us is going to have to eat our words and i'm pretty sure it's going to be him what do you remember about the aftermath of the fight if anything not much i mean i've talked with a lot of people and they helped me piece a lot of things back like i didn't know mark smith came to the ambulance truck before we went to the hospital um just to check up on me uh ray actually reminded me about that i didn't know who brought me back to the house eric nixick actually reminded me about that i didn't even know how the belt got to the house um i do remember throwing up and that's really it and just a lot of faces trying to cheer me up and tell me like, yo, man, just enjoy the moment as best as you can. There's nothing you can do about it now. And it's just one of those things, you know. So uh, that that night after that was it was pretty much a blur outside of talking to people and them helping me re um, recollect the, the the I guess the remainder of the night. Um, but I know when I got home, I couldn't wait to eat. Because just imagine going from 10.30 in the morning and not eating anything until 11.30 at night. It's, it was not fun. And then just coming out of a, a crazy battle and being stuck in a hospital for hours, you know. So um, not not my, not not my the uh, the best night to remember, but um, one that's going to be one to remember to make sure, hey, man, we don't ever want to be in this place again. And I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. How long were you competing with neck issues uh, before you went and eventually got surgery? Since college, freshman year. I think, yeah, I think you told the story. A bigger guy kind of dumped you on your head. So it, was it just kind of degenerating over the years? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that was the, the catalyst of everything when it first first started and of the, the bulging and herniated disc. And I got MRIs from back in, back in college where I had to get checked out because of all the stingers I would get and the radiating pain from all the flare-ups. And then fighting just made it worse. And... Um, it's night and day being able to get this. The quality of life has gone up through the roof tremendously. And to be able to drive, have a conversation, lay in bed and not have radiating pain down to your fingertips, it's it's a blessing. you know. So I'm, I'm very fortunate that the doctors were able to do a great job. Dr. Robert Watkins Jr. took care of me um, over there in California. And um, I'm, just, I'm just blessed, man, because I feel like those surgeries are, are very, very scary. Anything that comes that happens with the neck, you know, the spine. You're talking motor control of all your extremities in your body. So I, I'm really blessed and fortunate, and that's one thing I'm, I'm super grateful for, that even if I wasn't able to compete, I would just have been happy that the pain is gone and I could live a normal life without dealing with that type of day-to-day -day pain. That's I guess that's, the, that's really it. Just that day-to-day -day pain just was not fun. And how much more... Are you able to train, and how much has it improved your training now that you've gotten that fixed? Night and day. I, I, I train – I could train the entire training camp now. Before, I, if I got a bad stinger from jiu-jitsu, whether it was a guillotine choke, someone just attempting it and me getting out, any type of crank that put me in a position of compromise, it would just flare up, and I would be out anywhere from one to seven days. And it just depended on how bad it was. Like if I knew it was going to flare up from a bad situation, I would just – go as hard as I can for that rest of that training session, knowing that I'm going to be sidelined for a couple of days just to kind of rehab everything and let the inflammation come back down. Um, and then that's what I was dealing with, man, for a couple of years now at this point. And uh, I'm just glad it's over. I also heard on your podcast, The Weekly Scrap, you talked about your training camp. And there was a time where you kind of said to your coaches, I need some headspace. I need, I need to take a couple of days away to kind of recalibrate my mind. Is that something you plan on doing for future camps? Like, how helpful was that for you? Because you said that once you got back to camp, it was like a whole new ball game. Yeah, I felt great. I felt reinvigorated. It's just different. When you're training with no real object in sight, and maybe not the first time, but then this is the second time back-to-back -back surgeries where I'm just 
in a void of, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get back. My wrist surgery that put me out for a year, then the next surgery that put me out for a year. It gets very deflating really, really quick when you're just mindlessly training. And it's not mind, like you have a goal is to rehab and get better. But then you have all these training camps and then you can't follow through. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. It gets very, very deflating and can be very, very unmotivating. Um, I felt like I've been training for a year straight <laughs> and no reward at the end. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. So the amount of work we did, I told the guys, I was like, listen, man, I need days off. And if whether or not they were going to give it to me, I was going to just disappear, deactivate my phone, block numbers if I had to. It might sound crazy, but the time off, it was much needed to just relax, be a normal human being, not think about fighting, just let my body rest, letting it recover and feeling like I miss the sport again, you know? And uh, that's that's what I that's what I needed. I needed a mental break from the daily grind of something I, I do six days a week for a year straight. That's there's nothing fun about that when there's no reward. You know, we get we, we get into a training camp, after you have the fight, you take a couple of days off, let your let the 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 wounds and everything heal up, then you get back at it slowly but surely. There was none of that for me. It was just a constant grind for the past two and a half years from the wrist surgery and my neck. So I'm glad I took that mental break for myself. Sometimes you need some personal time for yourself to just reset and kind of smell the roses and enjoy life. And um, makes you appreciate what's really important to you and the things that you have. And watching the fight again earlier today... I look back at 13 months ago when the first fight took place, and you could hear a pin drop in that building. It was so quiet. Uh, how excited are you to do this in front of the fans, knowing also that this is a U.S.-based event, and lately, I mean, let's be real, the Russian athletes have not been so well-received in, in front of the U.S. crowds. I'm, I'm excited to fight for the fans again. It's been a long time coming, and uh, I just like the energy. I mean, with or without the fans, I, I look at it both ways. I, I got a mind that could kind of spin things to a positive Glass half full. That's that's always the way I try to, to spin things because at the end of the day, there's so many people out there living life that have it so much worse than what we complain about here in the States. And um, things can always be better, but it, you got to also keep in perspective, things can always also be worse. So um, to, to have the fans there, it's going to be... It's going to be cool because I don't know the type of reception I'm going to receive. Either way, I'm going to relish in it. I know I did my visualization with people booing me, me taking it all in. I'm cheering for me, me taking it all in. Either way, I'm the same guy. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me the way some people, I think Zhang Wei Li was the one people, she was very like taken back when people started booing her when she fought Rose. And people, she was like, never thought that was like a possibility. I'm like, listen, man, like I fought on the road as an, as an amateur. I fought on the road as a, a pro coming up. So I know what that's like when people are booing and cheering. Like you got to mentally prepare for all these things because you're not always going to be the good guy and you're not going to always be the people that people want to win. So I don't know if they're going to be cheering for him, booing, for, booing him. It, it's just going to be a good fight. So people could tune in for that and just know that it's going to be a war. And final question for you. How much did having the surgery help with your output and your stamina? Because you look at the kind of machine you've been in terms of volume, uh, even the last fight against Jan, and you look at the Rivera fight, the Munoz fight, you're putting out tons of numbers in terms of output. This is going to be a five-round fight. Are we going to be able to see you throw 80 significant strikes attempted per round over the course of five rounds a lot better than we would have, say, in the last fight? Oh, 100%. I'm looking to put up those Max Holloway numbers that I should have did in the last one. So... People could say, oh, pace yourself, pace yourself. Listen, dude, if you're doing it in the training room, there's no reason in hell why you shouldn't be able to do it in a fight. And that's that's pretty much my mindset. The same way, like, I'm not jumping someone's back and trying to climb their back like a tree if I'm not doing that in the training room and losing the position. You know what I mean? So if I could do it in the room, I could do it in a fight under those bright lights, and I can't wait to show people, like, what I can really do when the gas tank, when this Ferrari is actually fueled up, charged up, and ready to go. I'm going to be a monster out there, and I can't wait to just – Go out there and have some fun. Like Hamza says, kill everybody, brother. <laughs> this is this is one of those moments, man. Um, so I, I, I'm just excited to go out there and compete again. You know, people will always remember how that fight ended. They should also remember how that fight started. You were on fire. You were landing a ton of different looks against him and putting up big numbers. We'll see how it plays out. It's in Jacksonville this Saturday, UFC 273. Always appreciate your time, Aljo, and best of luck against Piotr Jan in the rematch. The champion versus the interim champ. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
There are two titles on the line at UFC 273 this weekend in Jacksonville, but it seems the talk of the town is this man, Hamzat Shemaev. Hamzat, what is it that everybody likes to see about you that has you being the talk of the MMA world this week? Because I'm a special guy, special king. People want to see kings, you know, when they go to the war. That's why I think they will want to see me. I think the one thing that makes you special outside of the cage is just how confident you are. You know, people ask you questions. Uh, how, how is this guy going to do against you? And it just seems like nothing gets to you. What is it about you that makes you feel so confident in everything that you're doing? Because all these things, like, I feel it makes for me, you know. It's like, life feels like I'm born for that. It's something special. That's why I'm comfortable. It's my house, my country. I take over. Is there anything that you worry about in, in life, in the world? That's a good question. It's probably better not to be worried. It's done very well for you so far. Uh, this week, you're celebrating Ramadan. How's that been going for you? And what's it like? What does it mean to you to fight during Ramadan? Yeah, actually, I didn't want to fight in Ramadan. They give them a fight. And at that time, I didn't know. It was like 9 April and Ramadan started that time, you know. But after I, I can fast now, I have to like drink a lot of water. After Ramadan, I start, after after my fight, I gonna start to fasting, you know, uh, like everyone's do. It's like special for us, for all Muslims. Uh, yeah, I, I'm happy because this month make me clean in my heart. You know? I love that. Are you hoping to not fight? Uh, during Ramadan again in the future? I hope so. What you can do if you see we give you that fight. And uh, if I said to the guys, move my fight one more month, then people are going to start, oh, the guy afraid, and these things, you know, a lot of bullshit things. Uh, I said to everyone, like, I'm ready always. That's why I have to fight. And Gilbert Burns, very top opponent, uh, very, very solid grappler. But you said earlier today, this isn't the jiu-jitsu bout. This is a mixed martial arts match. So do you feel like you have advantages pretty much wherever this fight goes? I can submit the guy. You know, I spoke with a lot of good jiu-jitsu, like, like world champions. Like, they didn't help me. I could submit them. They submit me as well. But it's that game. You know, we work on that. Like, it's, if we go to the ground, I think it's more more like dangerous for him. I'm going to punch him and try to submit him. If we stand up, I knock him out. And he has nothing to do with me. You know? It's a different level. If, if the, the guys think he's as good jiu-jitsu, I can uh, show him after the fight, make them some uh, special uh, jiu-jitsu fight. Him, you know? I can submit him as well. Do you think it would mean more to submit him in this fight? Do you think it would send a, a big message for you to be able to do that? What? Do you think it would send more of a message if you're able to submit Gilbert Burns in this fight? I'm sorry, I don't hear, guys. I, I hear when you talk, I don't hear him. I'll ask you what one more time. Hamza, sorry about that. Would it, mean, would it be more important for you to get a submission over Gilbert Burns? Do you think that would send a, a big statement? I hope I'm gonna get the other other belt or some strap on my belt. I have still blue belt. I trained with Allah for like five years. A guy don't give the belts like that easy way. You know, I smash the two guys who had the black belts. I submit the guy who had the black belt. But I'm still blue belt. <laughs> it's like that kind of things, and it's too funny to submit him. You know. So you're more motivated to submit him because you want to get the strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, tell me about Darren Till. I know I, I was watching his Instagram probably like a year or so ago, and you jumped on with Darren Till, and we're talking about how you were going to smash him. And now, of course, you guys are good friends. So what was it like meeting Darren for the first time, and, and how did you guys click so quickly? Well, we've been always good to each other. You know, like, we, like yeah, we said we're going to fight together, fight each other, and uh, the guy, funny guy, I always like him, you know. What he doing, how he talks, and uh, when it comes to the gym, I said to him, "Come to the gym, we we'll work together." He come there and uh, we we'll work together, and like that guy, he likes me and become good friends. So is that how it happened? You reached out to him and said, "Come to Sweden and train with us." Yeah, yeah. 
And now the two of you have the Smash Brothers uh, NFT with block asset. And it's, uh, I know it's on sale right now. How did he explain to you what NFTs are? Tell me what you know about this. Uh, like uh, in the beginning, actually, I didn't know something about that. And the, the guy said it's like the future, you know, for the world. And uh, they explain how it works. And, uh, now I have my own NFTs. I have my crypto money, you know. <laughs> Make some crypto money, crypto gangsters. You know. <laughs> Are you collecting NFTs outside of Block Asset? Are you looking into different projects? Muhammad Ali from Black Asset. Well, it's nice to see you cross over into that world as well. Now, the champion, Kamaru Usman, had surgery recently. He's talking about boxing Canelo. But you don't hear him talk much about Hamzat Shemaev. Do you think that that's by design? Do you think that you will end up fighting Kamaru Usman sometime this year? Yeah, because the guy afraid, you know, like he doesn't want to fight me. That's why I told him. He has, he has surgery on the arm. He want to go to the boxing. You have to use your boxing for you, you need the, your hands. And the MMA, you can wrestle and grapple and cheek, uh, you know. don't need the, on the, the well, just two arms in boxing, you know. I don't know. The, the guys talk a lot of shit. They want to do different things. Not fighting me, you know. And uh, two guys, Bilal was speaking about me. And uh, uh, Luca, he said he didn't say my name. I said I'm going to fight them both. And then what's happened? The guys don't fight me and they fight each other. He said, Bilal said, uh, you, I don't know. You see why I didn't make that. You know why he didn't make that. Because your manager was... Was you know already what's gonna happen if you, I meet you, and uh, if I meet that guys, I feel sorry for Gilbert. They push him uh, under me, and uh, he has to feel that power now. Well, to me, the thing I keep telling people is a fight between you and Usman is a bigger fight than Usman versus Canelo. I, I don't think that people would be that interested in Usman versus Canelo as opposed to you so. after being versus. I, I seen one funny video that I sent to me you now. Who, who wanna see the Gilbert? Uh, who wanna see the Kamaru Usman against uh, Canelo? Only two people, him and his manager. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't think so. Somebody wanna see Kamaru Usman in boxing. Look at his, how he hit pads and uh, how he's boxing. You know? This is different level. In the boxing as well, of course, yeah, this different level. Maybe he can fight with Chicola or something like that. YouTube blogger, the guys, not with the Canelo. Canelo is different level. He's found king in the boxing, you know. This is different things. If Canelo, of course, ever come to the MMA, I think Kamaru gonna smash him too. But this is different things, you know, like football, basketball. And final question for you. A lot of people talk about you moving back up to middleweight sometimes becoming a two-division champion. Do you think you're going to be a two-division champion by the end of next year? The end of 2023, will we be saying Hamza Shemaev is a two-division champion? I don't know when it will happen, but I'm ready for that. I told the Dana White I not come for one belt, for two belts. I come for a whole belt, you know. How many I can take, I will take them. Maybe three belts, three weight plus. I'm a big guy, tall guy, you know. I can go up with my weight and I train with the guys who fight in heavyweight and I can fight with them, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that the 55 belt is safe, though. 55 belt is... Hamza Shemaev not going to 55. No, I'm going to take the older belt. I'm going to take the oldest <laughs> game. <you know? laughs> Smash everyone. <laughs> well, when you say it, you say it with conviction and I believe it. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Yourself, Gilbert Burns, UFC 273 this Saturday. Appreciate your time. Happy to be joined by Gilbert Dorino Burns taking on Hamza Shemaev at UFC 273. This is the perfect matchup for you at this stage in your career, in my opinion. I think that Hamza is a, a guy who's a total rocket ship right now. He's, he's on his way to the moon. And you've got to knock that rocket ship out of the sky. And if you're able to do that, you're right back in the title picture. Yes, I agree. I think uh, that's it. He, he needs a big task. I need a big opponent. Uh, I wasn't fighting. He wasn't fighting. I asked for this fight. They gave it to me. Now we're fighting, so yeah, I, I like this fight. I kind of asked for this fight before they offered me. I already called when they fought, when he fought Lee Liang, that was October 30. So after that, I, I after the fight, I already text Ali and say, Hey, they're gonna offer me. I have a feeling 
you can say, yes, I want to fight these guys. So before they even offer me the fight, I already say yes. And uh, I kind of see that. I kind of been in the UFC on eight years, you know, fighting everybody. I kind of saw that picture going, you know, and I knew they were, they were going to offer me. So I was ready for it. What's the best way for you to beat them? The best way will be a finish. You know, I think uh, these guys very tough, very good. And uh, the way I, I want to make a big statement with this fight, you know, I think he's very, very tough. I think it's going to be a war, but I see myself getting a finish and knockout war submission. I think that's the best way to beat this guy. What do you know about him? Have you ever trained with him or met him before? Uh, I met him a couple times. I saw him a couple times. He's very, very big, you know, uh, but as big as the guy... Merry Christmas, big as the weight cut, so you got to cut a lot of weight. Uh, but I know he's a high-level wrestler, heavy hands, you know, watch a couple of his fights. And I know he can grapple too, so very confident right now. I think uh, I would say a little bit overconfident, but very smart fighter, high IQ, so he's going to be a tough one. I think he's very, very tough. I'm sure you can see why he's confident. You look at his four wins in the UFC, and that made it look very easy. He made, he made, you know, he make, every fight he make a statement, and I think he got the kind of, the accent and everything, I think people kind of like him, I, me personally, I like the style, I like the way he called people out, being like challenging, but kind of keep respecting you, but say he's going to finish you, going to smash you, I, I, I like that style, you know, and uh, yeah, he impressed me a little bit too on his fights. Now, he has two wins in the welterweight division. Should he beat you, do you believe he's worthy of a title shot? If he, if he beat me, uh, we'll see. You know, even me, if I beat this guy, it all depends on the performance. You know, if you, any one of us get a spectacular finish, I think we're going to earn a title shot. If he's not a finish, I think we're both kind of in the same position. Then we've got to do one more fight, but... He got to be in a spectacular finish to win a title shot. Me or him, we got to get a finish. I think there are two guys that are going to be cheering for you a lot during that fight. Bilal Muhammad and Vicente Luque. Is Vicente going to be in your corner? Because I think that the, the winner of that fight, if you win this fight, they're in a pretty good position themselves. Uh, yeah. Uh, Vicente won't be here. He will be getting in, in Vegas on Saturday. He's fighting next week, you know, after, after me. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, everything about a performance, you know. I think for sure, Vicente will be on my on my corner. He's not gonna be there, but he wants me to win, and so do I. I want him to win as well, and I think he will. Uh, we'll see. You know, I think everything is about a performance. If I go out there and get a finish, and Bilal Mohammed Vicente, that that fight might get a finish too. So we'll see. Uh, let let's if we go to the best scenario. I get a finish. If Vicente get a finish. Uh, I don't know. He might go to a title shot before me. I don't mind. I fight Kobe in the meantime. So we'll see. A lot of things happening. Leon Edwards fighting Kamara. So I'm not overthinking on that right now. Too much to think. He got a, a, a Russian problem to take care of first. So then I'll, I'll see what's going I'll see. We'll see how, how it's going to be the next step. I don't think I've ever heard Kobe Covington say your name. Like whenever he's asked, who should I face? You know, who do you want to face? He never says Gilbert Burns. Do you think that why? this is a bad matchup why for you think? Why do you think? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, why? I'm, I'm leading you down a path here, but I mean, yeah, I just think it's surprising. I think that it's interesting yeah. that he never says your name. You're ranked number two in the division. He's ranked number one. Yeah. It seems like it would make a lot of sense. I think so, too, but he never said, you know, in... Uh, I think I'm a very bad matchup to, to Kobe, to be honest. And uh, I think we're going to fight. I think I'm going to fight Kobe. You know, I don't need to to kind of talk a lot about Kobe. I think, to be honest, I do think in, on my next three fights, Kobe's in there, you know. So we'll see. I think he's not going to call me out. I'll, I call him out multiple times already. He knows exactly who I am, but we'll see. Uh, Hums up first, then we'll see. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to give that credit to Kobe right now, but after Hamza, we'll see. Kobe's coming off of a big win against Jorge Masvidal, but we saw that kind of spill over into real life. Uh, I was wondering what your opinion was on that. Uh, very bad, you know, so bad for both guys. Uh, freaking um, Kobe talking too much crap, you know, and I, that happened before with Verdun, that happened before with uh, Lee and Osma. Now with Masvidal, you know, and... 
I hope he learned a lesson. You know, I hope I do. I I do hope he learned a lesson. Kind of stop talking about religion, family, any couple personal stuff. You don't need to say that. But very bad for for Jorge Masvidal do too. You know, it's kind of like it's understandable what both guys are doing. But I don't like it. I think both guys are on the wrong side and taking very bad decisions for for no reason. I was thinking about how very rarely do we see two fighters get after it outside of UFC events, like whether it's like a, a press conference or anything like that, where it's in like just out in, in outside life. And Colby's had three of those incidents. You mentioned them. You mentioned with Verdum, with Usman and Ali, and now with Masvidal. I mean, I know that he. A lot of it is an act with Colby, but uh, it seems like yeah. a lot of people take it very personally. Uh, are you able sure. to kind of separate that and, and just say, okay, well, this guy's getting on the microphone, he's just trying to get attention. The real Colby might not be like that. Oh, I don't know. To be honest, it never happened with me, and I, I hope it doesn't. But the guy's kind of picking picking the bear, you know. It's very hard to pick in a fighter, talking about his wife and his family. I don't, you know, I'll try to separate on that just to, se- to to kind of separate my emotions going to the fight. I don't want to fight with a lot of emotions, but he's a tough position. That's why it's very hard to judge Masvidal, things that he said, but he's a very tough position. I'll try to avoid myself from that kind of position as much as I can, you know, but otherwise it can get very, <laughs> very dark. Well, let's say you're out at BurgerFi and you're, you're in line. I hate to do this to you while you're trying to cut, cut weight, but let's say the guy behind you in line ends up being Colby Covington. What would happen? Nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything to the guy, you know, but I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I'll do anything to any, any one of these guys, you know, but uh, he never said something about me. He said, he, he said stuff about Brazil, but he trained with Brazilians, you know, he's been trained with a lot of Brazilians all his, all his life. I don't even know what, I would, I would try to don't pick a fight outside of UFC. You know? Not going to get paid, might get arrested, why? No, I'm not doing that, you know, got to get home to my kids, my wife. Oh, I won't do it. Would you say hello to him? Would you, would you have a conversation with him at all? I might stare at him, see if he's going to do something. Might look at him, what's up, say something, but I know he's not going to do anything. Never been so exciting at a burger file location. They, the people there would have a front row seat. They'd say, "Hey, you know, I've, I've got your custard coming. Let's just get you guys out yeah. and get parts of the restaurant here." I always stare at him for sure, but he won't do shit. <laughs> so this fight's in Jacksonville. Have you been out to Jacksonville before? Oh, I guess you fight, yeah. did you fight in Jacksonville. Uh, no, I didn't. But uh, I cornered Luke when Luke for Nico Price on the second time. I was there in Jacksonville. I think it was the first event with the Kobe when uh, I think Justin Gage fought Tony Ferguson with the interim belt. I, if I'm not wrong, that was in Jacksonville. I was there for the, for this fight. I never fought there. I know it's about a four-hour drive from where you are, but do you have friends and family coming to watch your fight? A lot of friends. A lot of all, all the family, my brother, my wife, my kids. A lot of friends. Uh, whole Sanford is going. He's going to be a good one. I'm sure people are asking you about the odds for this fight. Uh, a lot of them say it's disrespectful, but at the same time, it's not really how odds work. When they opened the fight and they put out the betting line, it was even money. They basically called it an even fight. And then when money comes in on the fight, that's how they adjust the line. Do, do you care at all about this, about what the betting line is, or do, do you take anything from that? I don't care. I'm, I'm just happy with my friends. They, they put in the house on it. They put in the car on it. Say, I'm going to put my car on it. I'm going to get four cars, five houses, and this and that. But for me, it makes no difference. I don't. I've been an underdog so many times, and uh, I don't care. That doesn't make no difference. If you're always the favorite, oh, you favorite, it makes no difference for me. I saw an interview that you did where you talked about how you and your wife Bruna bet on the fight. So she she gives you advice. She knows about all the the female fighters. What's been the biggest payday from uh, from betting on fights for you? Uh, she plays a lot with that. She. I think the biggest payday was the girl from Florida. Uh, she was, she won't, she would, the betting was that crazy, but she made money on Mackenzie Dern, she made money on, uh, on Rosie, she made money with Jessica, she made good money, she, she, I think 
And she always make money with Glover Teixeira and Charles Oliveira. She always, she always batting Teixeira and Oliveira. Uh, but I think the biggest one was the, I, I don't know her name, but it's a skinny girl from, from here, from Florida. She trains at ATT Sunrise. She was a crazy, so, a crazy underdog. Like, I, I don't know how much, but it was a line name. My wife put $100 on her. She won. There was a lot of money. Well, maybe it was Maria Agapova when she lost to Shannon that Dobson? That was the one. That was the one. That was the one. That's the biggest underdog of all time, Shannon Dobson. And so, so your wife hit that one. <laughs> My wife hit that one. And she even said, that was too much. I'm going to put 100. If I lose, I lose 100. But if I make, I don't know, she make a grant or more with, with that fight. She, she make good money on that fight. Well, you've got a good retirement plan now. You and Bruno are making <laughs> yeah. picks on YouTube. Yeah, uh, she she's doing good. We doing we play a little bit. That's just the the, the batting money, you know. We don't even take away. She play with the with the bat online in AG, and then she she plays a lot with that. But she's very big on on investment now. She's doing a lot of different courses. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure we're gonna be good on retirement because she she's been very smart and we we've been saving money, being very smart in that department. Well, speaking of investment, you've invested a ton of time and energy into this career now. You have a massive fight on your hands. UFC 273, taking on Hamza Shemaev. Always appreciate your time. You're one of my favorite guys to speak to, Gilbert. And uh, all the best to you. Look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you, Adam. Have a good one, brother. I'm grateful, as always, for our guests who join me on the TSN MMA show interview edition. This week, Alexander Volkanovsky, Aljamain Sterling, Hamza Shemaev, and Gilbert Burns. Much appreciated to them. And much appreciated to you for tuning in each and every week. Really appreciate it. You can catch all of my content for UFC 273 on my Twitter account, at Aaron Bronstetter, tsn.ca slash UFC. And you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is available through my Twitter account as well. I uh, send out my picks, these interviews, uh, some news and notes. And it gets sent right to your inbox if you subscribe through my Twitter account. A massive thank you to all of you, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.